When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John. And welcome back to another episode of Nassiman Hockey Podcast, Isles Fix Post Game Live Edition, uh, part due this week. Uh, with me, as always, is my good buddy John. What's up, pal? I'm trying to recover after that game. Yeah. If if I had to describe it, uh, I would say wet fart. <laughs> Oh, would you say the wet fart? <laughs> I, 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 that's all that I could think. All I want to do is blow raspberries into my microphone, <laughs> and that, that I can't. Every question you're about to ask me, listen, that's going to be the answer because I, yeah. I just, wow, yeah, this is definitely wow. not one of those games that you know you you wanted to see the Islanders. Uh, play after, you know, looking decent last night against the Senators. And again, you know, you could say what you will about the Senators and, and how they're the worst team in the league and, and missing, you know, X amount of key players. Fact of the matter is, you know, and, and something that we repeatedly say all the time, if they're going to lose a game, it's fine, but you want them to be in the game. And you can't lose games now. That's right. what I think I, I, that's, that There's was my that point, too. I think, last night. And, you know, just in general, I, about the wild, the game on Sunday, that game is fine you know even just a bad game start to finish like this one is fine sure in october or november right like one of these games this is how this team has played they just are not able to get over that hump yeah they're not able to kind of win games um on some kind of regular basis i don't I don't know. Yeah, they look no. like the same two teams out there. I'll have to be honest with you. They both didn't look great, and oh, no. Seattle just kind of capitalized. That yeah. was the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, the the for, for most of this season, the, the Kraken haven't really been all cracked up to what everybody thought they were going to be. Yes, a little bit of a pun there. Let me be. It's been a long, late day after and that and after that performance. This is how my mind is churning. Okay. So bear, bear with me people. But anyway, the, the uh, loss really stems from and continues to stem from, you know, low event hockey to start games, you know, no urgency at, at the beginning of, you know, at, at puck drop um, five shots in the first period, just five shots. Was it six in the third before they, they had before they pulled the goalie? It yeah. was certainly less than 10 in the third, which is yeah. it was eight and eight in the third. So so the breakdown, I mean, 19 shots in total, five shots in period one, six shots in period two, and eight shots in period three. And like 19 you said, is the lowest of the season. Am I? Am uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's pretty 
pretty low. I believe I heard Jig say that at the end of the broadcast as I was getting set up here. Yeah, so something's got to change, you know, when it when it comes to and I don't know if, you know, after sitting out for such a long time um and now that they're playing every other night, maybe they're just exhausted. May, I and I'm not trying to look for excuses for them. I'm just I'm not sure what it is with the Islanders currently that they are not coming out into games ready to play. This is like six games in a row now where at the start of the game, they're, they're pretty much just on cruise control. So what are you seeing in you know, the Islanders starts recently, including tonight, and what might they have to do moving forward to change how they they start games? I think they definitely cruise control is a really good way to put it. I, I, I think they're just coming out and they're not focused. They're not coming out with that energy. Uh, I think what I said last night was they're not kind of they're not able to dictate play. And I don't know what's ailing them. I know what typically gets things to change on a team really quickly. Yeah. And it's and it's some kind of personnel change. And I I'm not saying it's trots. I'm not saying that I don't think Lou is going anywhere, but like something does need to change though. And usually it's, it's something like that. They have to make some kind of trade to be like, look, none of y'all are safe. You need to, you need to do that. You need to figure this out together. I don't saying make a statement trade. I I mean, like, I don't want to do it like in like, uh, like a hasty trade just because like, you're not playing well. We're shipping one of your friends away. Like that's, they're not, you know, like that's treating them like children. I don't, I don't think right. that's appropriate, but a not lot of times either. <laughs> what say that again? Not good for business either. No, I know because you want to make it just, you just make a bad hockey trade and you don't, right. you don't want that. Right. So I think something like that needs to happen. I, I don't know. I don't like saying that. I don't like that being the answer, but there's something about, and I was thinking about this, thinking about, you possibly asking this question. There's something about the current construction of the team that doesn't work. Right. And I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to sit here after complaining about Komarov and say that, um, well, mainly complaining about Komarov being on the first line. That's a different problem, but Komarov may be playing over Wallstrom as well, but there's something about whatever is going on on this team as it's constructed that is not working. That, you saw things work well the last, you know, we'll call it three seasons. But yeah, I mean, because that regular season a few years ago was really, really good. And even though they lost in the second round, um, they still swept the Penguins in the first round. That was really good. You can't say, well, Anders Lee is back because he was there for the other two seasons. So that can't, so something's going on with the roster. So yeah. I don't know if they just need some kind of something needs to get shaken up. It's not time off. They don't need time off. They've had that. That's not worked. Um, it's not either of the goaltenders. Sorokin's obviously the number one at this point. Farlamov has not been able to kind of get back to form after not being in the net to start the season due to injury. Yep. You know, he's letting in two goals a game, essentially. It's not him. If they're not, if they, if he let in, if forget about the, the bad first goal, which both goalies seem to be doing lately, yeah, we'll bad angles from the we'll goal line. That. Forget about that for a second. There was still another goal. They still lose the game one nothing. It yeah. has nothing to do with how many goals they had against at this point. Right. They're not even able to score goals. I don't think this is as simple as be like, oh yeah, trade for Tarasenko. What are you doing? 
get Johnny Goudreau. Right. Get 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 trade for Brock Besser. What what do you like? I don't even think that's it, right? I think they need a jolt into the lineup, but something just needs to happen. They need to make some kind of statement. I don't know if that means sit somebody that you wouldn't think. I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting to me too. Uh, the way that they are, they're starting is so slow um, is is a new thing for them, right? Typically, the uh, Islanders will start a game with the, the fourth line, the identity line. I, I'm not seeing that same start from them, and maybe that's where it, it starts from, right? Constantly, we talk about Sezikis being the engine that revs this team. You're not really seeing the the Islanders come out and throwing their bodies around, meaning you know Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck to start the games and really get you know the guys going on the bench and 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 get a jolt in the crowd even uh, because you know UBS Arena was even kind of quiet tonight and, and for a good reason, right? What was there to really cheer about other than Jordan Eberle saying hello to you know everybody for his first game back on on Long Island again? So, um. You know, one one of the things that I'm definitely seeing is a lack of of that uh, energy from Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck, um, which they start with every night. Basically, they start every game that way. Yeah, I, the fourth line looked okay. They had their moments in this game, and that's fine. Yeah, they did. But you know, it's like just I the, won't... the way they are starting, right? They they yeah, they're not got better as well. the game went on. But they're not starting strong like they normally do. But it's the whole team. It's not that's like also it's, true. It's not one line. Like if if what the the good thing about the Islanders over the years was there was it was always this next man up mentality. If one line wasn't going, another line was going. They had we joked, you know. I think we even still do to, to some respect. Although I don't, they're all uh, Z minus lines as far as I'm concerned. They don't have first line anymore. Every, everybody says whatever. Yeah, Z Z minus. They had three second lines and a third line. That was how the lines were constructed in the way that it was going the last few seasons. Now, there's no one picking up the slack. The whole team is slack. The fourth line can't score the goals. They have here and there. Martin's even getting his chances, but they're not doing much. Like, that's not what their job is. That's not how they're constructed. Right. Um, so I don't expect that out of them. That's the same conversation as we had with Parise. I'm not expecting that out of him. That's not the problem. Now, Kamarov versus Parise, like I said, is like are there little locker room things? Is are they not as tight? You know, you you lose a Letty who has been around for a long time. You've been you lose an Eberle that's been around for a long time. You lose Kamarov who's around for a long time. Boy Chuck's not around as close to the team as he was. Are, did did they lose something? Is is the the that bonding aspect not there anymore that was uh, over the last three years? Are they not able to be as close? Um, are they just simply not, you know, Palmieri's still new to the team. I know he went through it with them last season, but he's still new to the team. Um, on the ice stuff's very different than just kind of general camaraderie. Did they lose something? It's, I, I, don't, I, I don't really I, buy that. I think that, I think that th- that locker room is largely the same. I don't think anything changes in that but it's, aspect. You're big, I think you have big pieces. You're talking about guys that have been there. This isn't this isn't just some guy, some you know, a random player leaving. I'm not calling no, a random player, but he he's just he's not he's simply not been there as long. There's some no, guys that have really built this up over the years, and 
I'm not look. I think there's all these little pieces. That's what I'm. I'm trying to figure out what are all, all the little pieces adding up to a team that's largely the same playing like shit. That's I, that's more of my point. I just don't buy it because the you know the way it's supposed to go is right. If you lose key pieces like the Islanders did in in Eberle and Letty. The reason why that they, those guys were were let go of is because they're supposed to be those next guys stepping up, and that mentality and that rigor is supposed to be reciprocated in those younger players who are coming through the pipeline. And they thought that they were ready, meaning management thought that they were ready to, to take that next step. And and it's kind but of they showing. didn't think that. I think they they tried to replace them with guys with. They, if you're just talking about experience, Char came in. He's well, Chara. yes, but Parise came on... in. He's thirty-seven. I you understand, know, like... but that's not what. That's not my point. Lou has been on the record saying that when they signed Chara, it wasn't a Chara was replacing Letty. They no, thought no. it was Dobson replacing Letty. So that's my point. My point here is though these younger guys, Dobson and, and Wallstrom, they're the guys who were expected to keep that mentality going and and, and that rigor going that Letty and Everly brought. Now, whether they're give, being given the chance to do so or not is a different conversation, and I think that they're different situations for each player, right? Dobson's playing like 20 minutes a night. He's getting that chance, and he's honestly, he's he's going with it. Wallstrom, you could argue, is not, and I saw this interesting uh, post today about Keandre Miller with the New York Rangers and how he's given 20 minutes a night, um, and although he's not perfect and he does make mistakes, and it's not like it's occasional he makes mistakes he also does so many things well that it's encouraging for the new york rangers to see that out of keandre miller and those things will work themselves out it was a really good thread um i forget his name but if you could find it on keandre miller it was just really interesting to see how how gerard gallant is utilizing a young guy like miller who's 20 years old in his first season in the, in the nhl getting 20 minutes a night and although he's contributing to some Key uh, key plays that lead to wins. He's also making mistakes, but it's growing pains for him. And yet, the Rangers are successful first in the division and a playoff team. I don't and, know that those things are mutually exclusive, but I I do understand what you're saying, and that would be my argument for fucking play Sallow and Wallstrom. I, I I think that there is a reason that there's there, there's so much there's so much focus on the, the little things that Wallstrom does wrong that I don't think there's enough focus on. It's almost like you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Well, they're afraid right? to put him in any kind of position where he may fail. So they're, that means they're also taking opportunities away from him to be successful. Right. So the thing is, for me, it looks like he's getting shit for when he doesn't do the small things right, but he's not getting praised enough for when he does the things that he's supposed to do publicly right. anyway. Maybe maybe that's true. And, and I think what we but think the is same that time, he deserves more playing time, and that might not be the one-for-one one thing as maybe. far as Trotz is concerned. But at the same time, you know, it, it, I don't – not every player and every person is the same, but some people might, especially a young guy like Walsh, might look at what's going on in the media and take it to heart, take it personally. And and take those healthy scratches to heart, take it personally, grip the stick a little tighter and and not really understand, you know, how what the healthy scratch was for. Right. It worked for Dobson. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for Wallstrom. I mean, defenders so, take a little bit longer. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I think it's it's a little 
it's a little different. I'm not I'm not sure. I think it's a roster construction thing where and and here's the problem, right? I think what we were worried about is that this team was going to work until it didn't. The way that they were running it, the way it was going to work until it just didn't one day. And we were all going to be really excited about the way that the Islanders played and we didn't care if it was boring hockey and blah blah blah, but and then you you have a game tonight where they're they're so just not a hockey team at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, in a, in a game that's every game going forward is meaningful, and we talk about what the record they would need uh, in in last night's post game. It they're they're clearly not capable of that. Even Butch, for the first time, he was just very dejected in this broadcast and was like, "Yeah, that's not happening this season. This it doesn't look like they're going to be able to turn it around." And so it's being recognized. This isn't like, you know, that has to be part of the the conversation. If they plan on even doing anything remote, like I said, I think I don't want to say drastic, but like something needs to happen. Like yeah. they can't just be like, I don't know, run it back. And that seems to be it. Like they're yeah. just running it back. And that's like I said, it worked for, you know, two weird seasons in a row. It worked for them. You can put caveats and asterisks on that. I think that's worth it because they were like launched into the playoffs where they were, you know, going to be successful just by the way that they played Um, roster, slight roster tweaks and a full 82 game season. And it's just not clicking anymore. Something is being lost between the coach and the players. Um, So I don't know what that change needs to be. I, I don't want to think that it's trots. Right, like that doesn't make sense to me. Um, he also, you know, like he can't go out there and play for them. Right, he, he can't score goals for them. Right, like they have to be responsible to a certain point. He has the pedigree. He got them to where they they're successful, where they should be proud of what happened over the last three years. It's the players on the ice. I think right. that like that's the problem now. Sandwiched between, you know, uh, the, you know, sandwiching trots is the players on the ice not playing well, but lack of any kind of creativity by Lou, maybe exacerbated by trots, not playing a sallow, not giving Wallstrom more minutes, um, be- playing Bellows next to Peugeot and and Parise and and trying to get Wallstrom up the lineup a little bit. Um, I think Palmieri is playing great. He's not doing what we want him to do which is score goals but he's out there like a bull in a china shop and fuck that's fine i mean go out there and and at least bang bodies and look interested in playing right like don't look like you're just disassociated from making millions of you know hundreds of thousands millions of dollars you know go out there and fucking play hockey yeah you know the players fuck barzell looked like dog shit tonight yeah that's fucking terrible yeah so like it's gonna be my next point and that's yeah so sorry to take but like I move things around, figure it out. Like, you know, you do line blenders, like when you're after the team's playing like shit, give them something for like reward Wallstrom for two games with goals in, in, in both of them, like something. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't, like I said, I don't think trots is the problem as far as the systems, but something's not clicking and, he, and like the lack of creativity that he and Lou have just gets like, they double down on it. And then the players on the ice, when it doesn't work, they don't know what to do. Yeah. They're, they're shuffling decks on the, the uh, chairs 
on the deck of a Titanic and not getting to a rescue boat, like not do whatever that thing is, right? No. You can't just keep running it back. I don't care if you sit green. I don't care if you sit Dobson or Pellick. Something. Do something. Try anything. Now that you have pull up back, do something. We're going to talk about lines in a blender, but before we do that, we're going to uh, take a moment and hear from our sponsors. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Nassiman Hockey is also brought to you by Manscaped. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let wild hairs wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use promo code NHP20 for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you show up your grooming game routine with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make sure each and every day is a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts, nicks, and everything else on your body. It even has a 400K LED spotlight so you can shave in the dark. Did I mention that it's waterproof too? Manscaped even threw in two free gifts with the Performance Package 4.0. Their Shed Travel Bag and Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to keep you comfy everywhere. Trust me, they're a big hit. Wearing them right now, and I love them. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code NHP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code NHP20. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. All right, so let's talk about lines in a blender. Before we do that real quick, just some comments from Barry Trotz postgame. Uh, he said that this was one of the most disappointing games he's coached since he's been with the Islanders. Uh, says our level of desire today wasn't very good. Uh, Brock Nelson added that this was a must-win game. It needed those two points, um, and I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. Um, now, you know, and and Barry Trotz adds, "I'm pissed off." I was gonna um, say that's the I, that's the comment. 
Right. Yeah, I, I don't blame him for being pissed off. He he absolutely should be. And look, here's the thing. I you know I do see some comments saying, um, you know, he should go. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's a coaching change. Yada yada. Listen, that's not going to happen, right? We've had this discussion already. Most of what's going on right now isn't on Trots. There are things that Trots could do to change what's going on. Um, but most of this is not on them, on, on him. It's it's on the guys on the ice, in, in my opinion. Um, now, that being said, you know, he could put these lines in a blender, right? The past few nights, he's had the, he's he's trotted out the same lineup. Um, you know, the, the first line with Bailey, uh, Barzell and Lee, the second line of, of Bavillier, Nelson, and uh, uh, Paul Mary. In my opinion, you know, when... Bailey had those few games with Nelson and and Bovillier. It was a rejuvenated Killer Bees line. They looked pretty good. Um, I would I would maybe try and go back to that. And, and judging based off of the comments tonight from Trotz, maybe over the next couple of days, I don't know if they're going to practice or not because it's a break. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be, except for Pellick, uh, away from the rink. Um, but, you know, when they come back Monday, I wouldn't be surprised to see if there's a a juggling of the lines. And I don't know if it's enough to just change one or two, uh, one guy on each line and keep a duo in the past. Trotz has said that he's a duos guy and I get it, but I think it's now time to really change things up. Talking, you know, make a third line. The centers are going to stay, but you got to change what's around the centers. I'm talking put a put Peugeot with uh Paul Mary and Bailey, like you said yesterday. Uh put Nelson with Wallstrom and, and uh and Bavillier or or Parise, whatever. And and first line, you know, have have Barzell with either Wallstrom or um you know, maybe Lee goes on the second line. There's a whole slew of combinations you can do. They're true. I I you're just going through this. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. That's no, okay. Every and and I'm I'm not you know that I'm not the biggest proponent of just like go get somebody big and whatever. God, we keep like I think it's really just shuffling shit here. You, you're they're missing a player. They're Listen. missing Jordan Eberle or oh, I, you know, I, like that. Not even like a again. It doesn't need to be Tarasenko or Panarin or obviously those guys are good and it would help, right? Like I I don't think we're denying that. I'm I'm also trying to just be realistic of what could actually happen or what whatever. God, that like. It was clear they weren't missing Lee last offseason. They were that they got through it. They figured it out. They got with the grit. Like they had it on the team that Lee brings to the table, the leadership, the 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 veteran presence. Now they're you know, they got Lee back, but they're now they're missing another kind of playmaking player like Everlay. And it right. really makes this lineup not as deep. They were like you can fill in based on kind of what you're saying and try to move around players to to fit together really well, the duos or the whatever. Komarov on the first line isn't ideal. That's 100% correct. At the same time, he was doing the lead thing. <laughs> anybody, not anybody, but like that's an easier role to fill. No, if, yeah. If you had to. The Everly one is not. It's fucking super clear it's not. No, yeah, I understand. It's just and, so I think at you're this like point you're, of the season, though. At this point of the season, right? It's just hard to think about it and not be like, you could do whatever you want. No, I agree. And like, I don't know that it matters. 
The Which thing sucks. is, the only thing that's going to happen right now is shuffling the lines. They're not going to make a trade for the sake of making a trade. If they oh, make no. a trade, it's going to have to be something that makes sense. It's going to have to be a hockey trade. So if it's a Chikrin or if it's a if it's a Brock Besser whose name is said to be available in Vancouver, right? If those things happen, it's for not this season. It's an investment. So and those are harder deals to come by. Those are so few and far between, and they take a while to transpire. Now. Listen, maybe something is transpiring behind closed doors that none of us know about. Maybe. But as of right now, from at least from what I've heard, nothing. Right now, nothing. Radio silence. It's, you know, keeping tabs on Chikrin, and that's really about it. So I don't think, you know, the, the St. Louis Blues right now, although Tarasenko's trade offer still stands, uh, or I'm sorry, trade request still stands, they're playing well. He's playing well. I don't think they're not going to move him. Nothing's going to happen. Right. And that's why I say, I, I, don't think it's, I think you have to do, gonna, yeah. you have to shuffle the lines. You have to shuffle the lines. You have to give, you know, guys with lesser roles and increased role who are going to be part of the future. Yeah. There's and, no reason at this point to play guys that might not be around. Play Bells right. over Frise. It doesn't fucking matter if you win. Right. It, it doesn't. Like, exactly. You start playing and guys to, if to you're going to, if you're invested in, in Bovillier, Keep him with Barzell. Put him on the first line. Throw Walsh him up there too. That, I say move Lee down back with Nelson and Bailey. A little bit of a veteran line, and yeah, Bavillier, Barzell, Wallstrom. That's a that and that's a good line, right? That gives that line you know a, a, an outlook for the future because that's what you're doing right now, right? But also take the leash off of them a little bit. Sure, like you take gotta the leash let them. Like I said, let them play. Night, let them play. Make it, you know, don't, it's not pond hockey, but like, no, I know. Go out there and do their thing. Right. Like, the let thing them is, be, like, you know, they taught Ovechkin to do it. They really started, the, all these players are really young when they got involved with Trotz. It wasn't like Ovechkin was in the league for like 10 years before Trotz came along. Yeah. They, they get the defensive part, they'll do it. Right. No, I, I, you, you I, gotta, I, you gotta loosen the leash a little bit. I agree. Now the thing is, you know, you, you give these guys, the younger guys, the, the you know, the Bavilliers, the Wallstroms, the Bellows, those guys, if they're part of your future, give them more time on ice. Cause obviously where this season is right now, listen, they're not gonna make the playoffs. All right. Yeah. So give those guys the ice time. Let them come into next season with more confidence, ready to play. That's what's got to happen moving forward. You know, let Salo play over Chara. Let Salo play over Green. These things need to happen. You need to know what you're going to have for the future. And and I'll say this again: there's no tanking, right? They're not gonna they're not gonna throw intentionally. Uh, and there's also not going to be a quote unquote rebuild, right? They're going to retool and they're going to expect to come back next season and they're going to expect to compete. They're and bad that's why, by accident. They're bad. They're not, this isn't this point. isn't on purpose. Right. And, like and this, that's why it's important. Which is harder to digest. Right. And that's why it's important for Wallstrom, Bellows, Sallow, Bavillier. If they're part of your future, they need to play. These third line minutes and, and, and sheltered minutes, enough is enough with that. Right. They have to get this experience. They have to it's, play their play out their kinks. It's a it's a bit baptism by fire. Right. There's just no reason to go at it like you're you're going along like it's a marathon and you're you're going game by game and who's ever going is going to be up and sometimes it's bellows and sometimes it's breeze and this and that right there's just yeah there's absolutely no reason for that anymore let everybody play 
I'm 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 not sure what else what else you can do. Shuffle the lines a little bit and and get creative, like I said. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think the players understand what's happening here too, right? Like, I think they have to get the sense that Lou, for all of his, if you have time, use it. I don't know that he has a ton of patience for just like not being good. Yeah. So like they have to be feeling a little bit like Trotz is a really good coach. The expectations are high. They're hearing it from the fans now uh, at UBS arena. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the Brock Nelson quote, but he's like, yeah, we, we haven't supported Varlamov. Right. And then, um, I hope this guy's name is actually Phil, but like Phil's facts, he he tweeted something and I, I've, I've lost it now as far as, okay. It said since the COVID pause, the guy with the 933 save percentage has got, gotten 2.1 goals per game, while the guy with the 920 has gotten 3.15 goals per game. I don't know why this happens, but it's one of the most bizarre trends I've ever seen. Should not be going 3-5-1 and one with a 933 goal tending. Yeah, and that's a problem, right? It's sure. just super not the goaltending, which probably means it's not the defense either, by and right. large. Um, Let's I think they about... can add some injection into yeah. the offense by not having a char out there, and um, you got you got to add some other kind of dynamic player there. But yeah, Let's offense talk about the goaltending real quick because. Again, largely not their fault for the reasons why the Islanders are losing. But what's up with the sharp angle goals that are that are being allowed? I think it's a the full. It's part of the full team not being focused. Could be. That's a good point. I think that's just like the whole team's going out there. That's you don't need to cover that guy in the McCann in the corner like that. Right now, Varlamov didn't track the puck. Uh, you have to give credit to Eberle by just making a good pass and and. Retrieving that puck behind the net on a on a board battle. That's just a one-on-one. He just wins that battle. There's no reason for that. A lot Absolutely. of these a lot of these plays, like if you're Pulak in the slot, even lat was it last night? Did the centers center score last night? It was one of those goals recently where you yeah, I guess it was last night. Uh, on on Tuesday against the Senators, where you'd like him to put a little more pressure on whoever that player was that scored the goal, but he shouldn't be scoring from there. Right, he should be blocking the pass. Let the goalie play the shot. Right, he should be doing that. You again, you want to see Pulak be a little more aggressive there. You kind of no, just, like, right. let the guy stand there, but um, and and shoot, just kind of like have his you know whatever. But you got to support your goalie like a, a something. No, Watch yeah, shot make him make a bad play. That's just, it's unacceptable. Right, you know, and even even Trotz, you know, he was asked about what these sharp angle goals, and he's like, "Listen, they have to be stopped." He goes, "But I give up those shots ten out of ten times every night. Like, those aren't expected to go in, and and those are for some reason or another finding the back of the net. So, you know, I, I don't think it's anything overly drastic that we need to change in our game as far as those goals. It's just maybe being a little bit more attentive to the play in front of you." Um, even if it's going to be a surprise from the corner <laughs> against the boards, because for some reason or another, they are going in. Um, but I'll just drop three nothing tonight against the Kraken. It is now the all star break. Only Adam Pellick will play in the coming days uh, as the Islanders all star. So congratulations to him. Uh, well deserved. The last thing I want to talk about 
before we end the episode tonight, John, is the continued debate between Jordan Eberle and Kyle Palmieri. Interesting fact. Uh, now, in, in uh, another game has passed, and 16 games for Kyle Palmieri without a goal. Now, that leads a lot of fans to, you know, pretty much own up to the fact that they wish that they kept Jordan Eberle. We want Jordan Eberle back, right? Well, the grass isn't always greener because it's now 21 games for Jordan Eberle without a goal. And it's it's easy to forget, but this is the kind of player that Jordan Eberle was as well. He was a streaky goal scorer who did not show up often, you know? And there's an argument to be made here, right? Well, you know, Eberle's... He could he could make plays. He could drive play, and if he, if he's not putting the puck in the net, he at least helps drive that offense. Maybe that's true. I don't necessarily think uh, that Kyle Palmieri is doing anything less than what Jordan Eberle would have been doing. Now I understand Eberle has a ton more goals this season. I think he has twelve, um, but it's been twenty-one games since Jordan Eberle has scored. So, you know, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I like I said earlier, I think it's when they were both in the lineup that it, it was very good. The lines were very well balanced. Again, yeah. I understand Lee wasn't there, but that type of player is a lot easier to, you know, fill in with guy. It could have yeah. been Parise this season for all we cared. I'm not saying get rid of Lee. That's not what I'm saying. No. But the that the lineup that was in the playoffs last year worked. Even with Zajac, right? Or or Wallstrom, whatever was kind of True. happening at the time. And you would have liked to see Wallstrom again the they lost by one shorthanded goal. You would have liked to see Wallstrom in the, in those games. Don't just play the veterans because it's a thing you know. Um, do the thing you th- like that's actively going to win you games, right? Like I, I don't know that sometimes it's. I mean, I guess you get all the way to game seven. Um, not to relitigate that, so like a, something worked with that lineup. I guess if Wallstrom wasn't playing, something worked. But yeah, I don't know that that debate is necessarily worth it. Although you you'd think that. Eberle next to Barzell would be different than Eberle next to whoever he's playing within Seattle. Like the chemistry is just not there. He, his, the pressure on Eberle at this point is also a lot different than he, it would be on Long Island. Right. Right. Like he's being dependent on as a goal scorer where, yeah, he was on the first line with Barzell, but like the, the whole thing, the whole dynamic is different on this team where you're, not that you're not expected to score a ton of goals, but if you're streaky, yeah, you're only scoring. I don't even want to make up a number. You're scoring five goals a month, or what? If you're going to score twenty goals, like how many? How often are you really scoring in an eighty-two game season? You're scoring right. one every once every four games. If every line has a guy or two or three scoring a goal every four games, like they were the last few seasons, and only winning two and three by you know scoring two and three goals a game, maybe a little bit more, that fucking works. Right. But if you're depending on a few players to score all your fucking goals. Yeah, it's not going to work. So that's kind of what's happening in Seattle. And that's exactly what's happening on Long Island. Is yep. You have two guys. I mean, I understand Barzell and Wallstrom have 10 goals. Uh, Nelson is leading the team. And then you also have Lee. But that's four guys. There's 12. It's 12 guys on the team. That's one guy aligned scoring every four games. One goal every four games. Yeah. That's not fucking enough. Nope. 
like full stop. Like that's this is not a thing that can happen. Right. How many does Bavillier have? Five? Seven? I think it's seven. Okay. I I mean it's a it's a it's a little that's marginally marginally better. But that's still a joke. He played forty games this season. He scored yeah. in a sixth of them. Yeah. It's that's not great. Yeah, that's really that's uh that's great math. I'm really really proud of myself on that. You're a math guy now. I'm a math guy now. Fuck. I'm gonna <laughs> damn it. So like I think that's the that's kind of my problem is you have guys scoring not even once every five games or so um on average. And that's again, that's four or five guys scoring yep. goals like Eesh. Not a great look. No, and it and it you're just not going to be successful like that. No, you are not. Well, you're you're looking at what the team the this season what they're because they, they, in these other seasons what's different is yeah they had these moments where they they struggled and it was like four or five games and you kind of get down, but they also had like ten games in a row where you're like wow they're beating. Bad teams are beating good teams. They could beat anybody. They could beat anybody. Like they're they're doing it all sorts of ways. They're coming back. They're doing it up front. They're they're just playing a solid sixty minutes. We've seen none of that. No. You can sit there and say, "Oh, the last ten games are seven, two, and one, and they've played bullshit teams. Some of them multiple times." Yeah. You look at their schedule in January. Just look at their record in January. They lost. I think. Four games? Yeah, they were playing really well. Okay, on the surface, that's it. They lo- all the four the four games. They played the they played Philly three times. True. Keep it in mind. They played the Devils twice. Something Once? like that. I think so. Okay, so that's that's five games. It's almost half your games in the month. And then and the four games they lost all to teams in playoff position that are good teams. Yeah. They didn't just lose. Save save the wild game. The other games they like really fucking lost. Yep. And they're like they didn't deserve to win. I know they came back in LA and this thing. I, I, no. No. They're not playing good hockey against good teams. And now they're playing down to opponents. Yeah. Even last night, like I, I think we have wildly different versions of how that went. I really don't think last night went any better. I think they just played the Senators. And they got Maybe. they finally got some goal support. Maybe it just looked better because of how poorly they played. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, the wild game, and then oh, they come in and beat the Senators. Like, are did we lower the bar all of a sudden? It's possible. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and be one of those like participation trophy. Like, like, are we lowering the bar? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> like, they beat a team they should, and we're supposed to be like, oh, they can really turn it around now. It's like, no, I don't think they played very well last night. They just played right. a really shitty team without their league scores. And that was a fair. tighter game than, it, yeah. than it, I think the score uh, led on. Yeah, maybe that's fair. Maybe, you know, just because of how bad they've played uh, when they play slightly better and, and still not good, it just seems like it's better because of how piss poor the the product has been on the ice so yeah and then when you have a game like the wild and all you can sit there and say well that was probably their best game of this you know full 60 minutes probably the best game of the season still didn't even get a point in in, uh almost february 
pack it in, dude. Pack it the fuck in. It, you're, this isn't it. This isn't the one. <laughs> Prove me wrong, right? Like, go 35-2-1 the rest of the way. Like, yeah. I'll shut right the fuck up. But go ahead. Do it. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Like it's, no, it's it's a fair point. It's definitely a fair point. And, you know, now it's the All-Star break. That means uh, after the All-Star break is over, we will be just about a month away from the trade deadline. Uh, they start a, a Canada trip after uh, the All-Star break is over. They, they head to Vancouver, then hit Edmonton, Calgary, and I think back down to Buffalo, home for a few days, and then largely on the road uh, for most of February uh, and then until March. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see if they make a move at the deadline or if they decide not to. Maybe they sell. Maybe they stand pat. Um, but then after that, listen, season's pretty much going to be wrapped up. At this point, it's pretty unlikely they're going to make the playoffs. We'll see how all this plays out. Uh, an unfortunate loss tonight against the Seattle Kraken. Not what you want to see. Any closing thoughts for you, John? I just saw the Isles Magic number kind of go through my Twitter feed really quick <laughs> as you were talking. And it, it says Washington loss moves the Isles number to 92 points. <laughs> see? So, I, right, so I tweeted <laughs> through our account. Watch the aisle. Watch the aisles will back into a playoff spot in spectacular car crash fashion. <laughs> they they'll only get in because of how bad everybody else is playing around them. <laughs> Somehow they're it's gonna it's honestly it's gonna be a lot like last season where they beat like one good team all season. I think it was Boston where they actually had a good record against them. Yeah, they won like six or seven games against. Them. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, and mostly because I think they were they had like the e bug in for most of those games, but. <laughs> Um, I'm just very not in the mood apparently for, for the honors tonight. Um, so like they pretty much backed into the playoffs last year too. Like they didn't like play crappy all season, and just managed to be in a spot. But like, yeah, they were they were playing Philly a bunch of times and the Devils a bunch of times and Buffalo a bunch of times and yeah, that was uh, probably going to happen. They were going to make the playoffs unless like they played shitty enough. They like lost two more games. I, I don't know. They, like they may have been out. So right. watch that same thing happen this year, where they like beat enough good teams down the stretch, and watch them beat Boston and Washington, and like make it by a point. So, suddenly, it's like, wait, how did they get into the first wild card spot? Well, yeah, it's like some something magic. Like I like I don't I don't wish anything ill on any like player or team no, or whatever. Course. Like, but yeah, watch them just like ass backwards fall into a play <laughs> and then go spot. on another playoff run and, and go on like, another this is the best run. team Jesus ever Christ, i'm gonna <laughs> lose my fucking mind i i would not be able to handle that because they extend, they extend parise for another five years <laughs> oh my god <laughs> let's uh know. let's end the show before it gets any more ridiculous <laughs> i want to say thank you to DraftKings. use that thpn promo code uh and Use the NHB20 promo code with Manscaped. Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network and to Isles Fix. And, of course, all of you, our listeners. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, TikTok at Nassiman Hockey. You can also join our Discord for a safe space to chat with fellow Islander fans. Right now, they're all talking. I see it popping up all on my feed uh, in the, at the bottom of my computer in Discord, and everybody's not happy. Uh, Surprise. <laughs> you can go join them and be not happy with them. 
<laughs> go yeah misery loves company and the <laughs> islanders are fucking full of it oh yeah lastly you can find my work at the fourth period and john's work at the hockey writers uh, as well as subscribe to isles fix there will be another one coming out tomorrow think that there is not going to be one on friday just because there's not going to be much to talk about because of the break um but until next time everybody let's go islanders we